Hi, ladies. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to because I'm not the boss, but it would really be good because when you're up here, you can't hardly see. If you could move a little closer. I mean, she's not requiring, but if you would, it would be really nice. When you're the speakers, you like to make connection with people. Um, so I was given the the privilege and the opportunity to introduce our next speaker, which is my pastor's wife, uh, Sister Robin Maynard. Um, and I was like, oh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Because I was just asked right before, <laughs> right before this to say something. But, I mean, obviously, the majority of you know that she's a Christian and has been a Christian for a number of years. And, you know, that's awesome and has been the pastor of this church for like 37 years, 30-something years. Yep, um, longer than I've been alive. Um, <laughs> I agree <laughs> prematurely. Um, but one of the things that, um, and I don't know if people have seen it on Facebook, and, it, you know, it's kind of like your, even though, uh, it's kind of like your kids, you know, you like to have them do things or whatever, and you're proud of them. And it's been posted on Facebook and stuff, but she's got her bachelor's in science of nursing. Did I get that right, Jules? <laughs> And, um, and she's been recognized in our community. I mean, it's important to make a difference in your community. You know, it's just not these four walls, but we're to go on the highways and the byways and make a mark on the world and to make a difference. And she has. Her face and everything was up on, of course, it was masked. I'm like, why do they have you wear a mask? I want to see who you are. But um, on a big, huge billboard in a couple different areas of town, um, yeah. Well, let me tell you for what first. Because since the pandemic, she's been doing testing. She tests people for COVID. And so, um, you know, the, the, the community, the facility that she works for recognized her for that. And I was just like, that's my pastor's wife right there. <laughs> so, yeah, now you can clap. There you go. So that's awesome. And, you know, it's nice to go around town and to have people say, oh, wow, yeah, I know her. Man, she's an awesome person, or she's a nice lady, or, you know, they have good comments to say. Um, to me, that's really important, because you need to be a Christian everywhere you go, right? Not just here, and she is. She walks it, she talks it, she lives it, and um, uh, she's a great example to follow. So as she comes, and I'm sure she's got something very good for us this morning, um, you know, let your hearts be receptive, give me ears to hear, you know, and a heart to receive um, what the Word of God is said. Oh, that was nice. I forgot about that billboard. <laughs> um, my daughter, I hadn't even seen it yet. It was also on our, uh, like, saver, you know, screensavers, and they had, and I had forgotten even taking the picture. This lady that I work with, she goes, hey, let's take a picture of us. So we did, and lo and behold, she sends it into the hospital and uh, says, we do COVID testing, and, you know, we don't get any hazard pain. <laughs> no. And so she said, so lo and behold, next thing we know, it's on the screensaver of the thing. And so my other two daughters work at the hospital, and so they were working one night, and all of a sudden, this picture's come across. You know, they just come across for a second, and then something else comes across. And they go, wait a minute, I think that was mom on the screen. <laughs> And then Kelly calls me. She goes, Mom, look, I'm going to send you something. And so she's, she texts me something. And it was my picture on the billboard. And I'm going, what? <laughs> I, 
I just stick swabs in people's noses. That's okay. <laughs> All the people I do it probably would not like me on that billboard. But anyways, so yes, I've been, like she said, I've been, uh, I've been married and in church for 44 years now. And I've uh, been the pastor's wife here for 37. So it, uh, it's been a long time. I just can't believe it's been that long. And uh, I was uh, 18 when I got in church. And, yes, if you do the math, I'm 62. <laughs> and so, um, but it, uh, it's been a great time. I mean, I've learned so much, so many things. It's just, it's just amazing how much you learn. And, and your hair, as it gets grayer, you get the wisdom, you know. So I, I'm, I'm trying to be wise to fit my hair, you know. But um, I was going to talk today on your problem dot, 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 no problem, okay? My husband, he goes and, you know, he visits people in the hospital and things, and he was in a hurry one day, and he was trying to visit some people and get someplace else, and he was busy all the time. And so he was in the hospital. We had to use the restroom. So he ran into the restroom real quick, and while he's in there, he went in the stall, and he said pretty soon he heard somebody else come in, and they come over beside him, you know, in the next stall, and he kind of looks, and this person had purple pants, a man with purple pants? He's going, that's strange. Then pretty soon somebody else comes in the bathroom and goes on this side, and they had high heel shoes. And that, and he goes, oh, no. I could take the purple pants, but not the. <laughs> so he has on, you know, bigger feet, wingtip men's shoes. So he goes, I go like this. <laughs> I pull my feet up. And he said, and I'm sitting there going, oh, please, oh, please, God, help him to hurry. <laughs> I got to get out of there. And so pretty soon, Miss Purple Pants, she, she left, and he goes, okay, okay, just got to wait for Miss High Heels over here. And so pretty soon, Miss High Heels goes out, and he says, okay, this is my chance. Probably didn't even wash hands or anything. He's got, I got to get out of this bathroom. So he goes sprinting toward the door, and he opens it up real fast, and there was this little elderly woman. <laughs> She was about ready to push the door, and he goes, and, he, and their eyes just lock on each other. <laughs> and he looks at her, and he says, uh, wrong bathroom. <laughs> and she looks at him, and you, you just got to love it, you know. She goes, it's okay, honey. We've all done that. <laughs> he said, I've never been so mortified in my whole life. And so he says, so he had a problem. Let me tell you, that was a pretty good problem. <laughs> Thank goodness it was just her pride problem, but, and it was, it was done. It didn't last forever. But sometimes we have problems, ladies, that go on and on. Sometimes we have a problem that only lasts for a short time, and other times it'll last for a long time. Sometimes they come back to back. Sometimes they come side to side. Have you ever had two and three problems going on? I have. If I ask for a show of hands, everybody's had a problem. I would probably raise both and my feet because I have problems all the time. And it says, and, uh, and you know why? We live in a world that's sinful. And those sin, that sin that came into this world, you know, Garden of Eden didn't have any problems, but now we have problems. So we have to learn what to do when we have problems. And I often thought something like questions and thoughts about problems, like why do we have problems? And how do I act when I have a problem? And how should I act when I have a problem? Where do problems come from? And why doesn't God take them away? 
Okay? Let's look at why we have a problem. In James 1, and I think you got some papers. It, those are just papers that for you to look at. I'll talk about them later. Some of these scriptures might be on there, but those were scriptures that I like about taking problems and trials and problem and um, tests in my life. Those scriptures have helped me greatly. So James 1, 2, and 4 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, let's, let's kind of break this apart. When I look at a scripture, I'll go walking, like at the mall or outside, and, in my, and I'll bring, you know, scripture cards and things. You know, I walk and read and everything. And so I'm looking at them, and I take things apart because I want to try to delve in deep into this. You know, we get to the place when you become a Christian, it's the milk of the word. You just want to drink it down. You ever seen a baby? They don't even have to swallow practically. It's just, you know, it just goes in them. Now I'm to the place I want to cut the meat, I want to chew it, and I want to find out about it. So you've got to get to the place where you delve into it. When it says count it all joy, count it just kind of means consider. Think about it. All joy. Now why do you just say joy? All joy to me means entire joy, complete joy, all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I did look that word at fall in the Greek, and it says encircled all around. Makes me think of like a hole. You fall in a hole. It's all around you, the dirt. You know, have you ever had a problem that's facing you face to face? Maybe somebody's screaming at you. Have you ever had people on the sides that are, your troubles and problems. You ever had somebody behind you maybe talking behind your back? It's all around us. Many, many trials and temptations and problems. But know this, that the trying of your faith, that testing, works patience. Now, I think it's okay, ladies. Some people say, don't ever pray for patience. I have problems no matter what, so I might as well pray for patience, right? Because I do want patience. I want God to show me how to act and how to be. I want him to grow me up. Keep growing me, God. Keep teaching me. Works patience. So it, it causes, uh, and I looked at patience, and that means patient enduring. Now, I like that word. It's not just patience. It's patient enduring. You're enduring something. That's what makes patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, I know you don't take away or add to the scripture, and that's what we're not supposed to do. But wouldn't it be wonderful if it just started like this? Count it all joy that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. <laughs> that would be great. I would love it. It would be, oh, great. But God says, no, there's some words in between that. And the biggest one is you fall into diverse temptations, trials, problems, troubles. Now, when I think of problems, I think of D, D, and R. So you can go here and think of D, D, and R. Problems can defeat you. That's the first D. You can let them defeat you. You can let them put you in depression. It can make you just, just terrible. Or you can do the second D and let them develop you into a Christian develop you. It all depends on how you are respond to the problem. So it can defeat, it can develop. It's all up to you. It's your response. I had a job 
and I've told this before, but I got this job, and I thought it was going to be a great job. It was more money, you know, and it was just, it was great, which God used that because when I moved to my next job, the HR was so surprised that I had made the, the money I made in my other job, and I was moving to an office where you lose money, and she goes, well, you're not going to lose very much money, and I'm going, well, that sounds good. So see, God had it all worked out, but I moved to this job, and I knew probably I'm going to be liberal here in a month. I did not like this job. <laughs> I'm going, I went right to my boss. I said, okay, I know the policy at uh, Mercy Health, or it was Rockford Memorial at the time, I said that you can't move to another job except every three months. I said, now you tell me what I'm going to do because I don't really want this job. <laughs> and she goes, Okay, she says, well, I'll, I'll try to keep you here. We'll try to have you do something that you're good at, you know, you want to do, and, and, and I did. And I, and I kind of liked it, but the people there were horrible. The preceptor was horrible. She got fired. She was taken out of the hospital after she got fired. And so it was just terrible. It was very bad. And so I said, okay, so I'm counting down to three months. I have never, <laughs> just the Lord, had a problem getting a job. I can put in, an, I put in an application up to this point, and I would always get the job. I got this one. And so I said, okay, I'm going to put in for this one, this one, this one, this one. Yeah, three months. Okay? Three months I put in those jobs. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I maybe had one interview. I'm going, what in the world? So I started putting in every job. I would have put in the janitor if I could have. I was putting in every job, every job I could put in. And probably HR is going, what in the world is she applying for that job for? Because I just wanted to get out of there. Zero. Didn't even get the janitor. Zero. And so I go, what is wrong with this? So God, I, and, and let me tell you something. I'm really not a crier. I just don't cry at the drop of a hat. It has to be pretty bad. I cried every day. I cried before I went to work. I cried when I came home from work. I think my husband thought he was going to have to send me somewhere because I was having a nervous breakdown or something. I cried at my lunch break. I would go in the bathroom and cry. It was horrible. And it probably was for a whole year. I would stay up nights pacing the floor, crying, not wanting to go to work the next day. And it took about a year. God said, now just stop. It's enough. I'm taking care of this. You know how many, how long I stayed in that department? I was going to stay three months. I stayed three years. <laughs> oh, dear God. When I look back, I'm going, I don't know how I did it. Three years I was in that department. And finally God opened a door someplace else. But all that time I was there, I learned things. It was an inpatient, outpatient thing. We had inpatient patients and outpatient. So I, t I learned outpatient. So that when I went to the clinic I work at now and I work in the urgent care, I already knew the computer system. I didn't lose a lot of money. God, God just did all kinds of things. I learned all kinds of things about this. All because I was where there was a problem. And God said, you're going to stay right there and learn something. And he did. He taught me a lot. Now, how do we act when we have a problem? Well, you can ignore them. They don't go away, I hate to tell you, but... You can ignore them. You can deny them. You can run from them. I've seen people go from job to job to job to job to job, city, city, state, state. Problems still follow them. And when you get there, there's another problem. They hide from them. You might go hide yourself in your bedroom. Don't come out. You rationalize them. You try to explain them and justify them away. You get a bad attitude over the problem. 
Have you ever seen somebody has a problem? First of all, there's two responses. You say, how are you today? You know, and sometimes you, you got somebody standing there going, you want to go shake their hand? And me, my mouth opens and what comes out? How are you today? I don't know why I do that. <laughs> and then they have two responses. I'm fine. <laughs> and you know good and well they're not fine. Their cotton and their, their face all shows them they're not fine. Or they'll go, I'm having this problem. It's just horrible. I'm just, and I, you know what I want to say? My humor in me wants to say, really? I couldn't have told that. <laughs> I'm terrible. But anyways, but so we all have responses to problems. And then we try to blame people. We blame the devil. Sister Marshall talked about that last night, an easy one to blame. We blame the, our enemies. We blame our friends. We blame our husband. Don't go tell them that. We blame our children, our friends, our pastor. Don't go tell them that either. <laughs> and we blame God. It's your fault, God, I have this problem. You know, Job had a problem. Um, he had, I think it was three daughters and seven sons. He had ten children. He had a wife. And when Satan came to God and said, hey, hey, you know, I've been walking around. And you know, God said, God paid Job a compliment I would love to have. But if he said it, it would be like when Sister Tanya is, you know, in, saying, talking about you. And you go, Who, who's God talking about? Can't be me. But he paid him a compliment. He said, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the whole earth. A perfect man, an upright man, one that fears God and avoids evil. What a compliment. And he said, oh, yeah, that's easy because you're, you're watching over him. you got a fence around him, a hedge. And he goes, okay, I'll take it down. You can touch anything but him. Well, he did. He killed all his animals, all his, you know, the things that he made his money on. He killed almost all his servants except for the ones that came and told him what happened. And he killed all his children. Ten in one setting. Now, what did Job do? Job said he rose, he rent his mantle or his outer garment, shaved his head, as a sign of mourning, and he fell on the ground. Now, that makes sense. That's like me crying in the bathroom and in the cafeteria every day. That made sense. But that's not all he did. It said he fell to the ground and worshipped. What did he do in his problem? It didn't go away, but he worshipped. And he said, naked I came, came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's a hint of what you do in a problem. Then, of course, Satan touched him. He allowed him to, and he had boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, and he had his wife, <laughs> lovely wife he had, and she tells him to curse God and die. And he tells her she speaks like a foolish woman. He said, should we just receive good from God and not evil? And Job did not sin. How about you get uh, problems from other people? Daniel. Daniel knew that the decree was passed. And he's going to pray anyways. Now, I think that's a compliment that those men knew that he was going to pray. There was no doubt about it. We could make this decree and say, do not pray, and Daniel's going to pray. What a compliment. I hope somebody could say that about me. 
And so he gets thrown in a lion's den. Now, I'm like Sister Marshall. I like to put myself in the mind of that person, and I'm sitting there. If he's standing at the edge, and now to me, a lion's den is down where you get thrown into. And so I'm looking down at these lions, and I believe those lions were hungry, growling, mouth open before Daniel hit them. And he's going, well, this doesn't look too good. You know, poor Daniel, he's going, well, I guess I'm going to see you pretty soon here, Lord. I hope it's quick. <laughs> you know, throws him in. It doesn't get him. How about the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace? Threw him in. God got him out. Joshua just crosses the Jordan River. Everything's good. They're dancing, and they're having a great time, and they open their eyes, and there's Jericho. Huge walls. What are we going to do, Joshua? Oh, Joshua. God had him fall down. Nothing flat. David and Goliath, the whole army of Israel is trembling except David. He goes, hey, give it to me. I'll do it. And he does. You see, problems don't have to affect us. We learn by them. We grow by them. We get strength by them. You just have to act like these people in the Bible. And the last thing we do is we cause our own problem. Have you ever caused your own problem? When my husband went in the bathroom, he called in the woman's bathroom, he caused his own problem. That's what I told him. <laughs> but Jonah caused his own problem. He didn't have to run. All he had to do was go preach to those people. But he knew that God were going to save the Ninevites, and he hated them. He said, if I could preach to them and you put down fire and brimstone, I'll be happy to go. But he just knew our God was going to take their repentance, and they were going to live. And that's exactly what happened. But you know what I think is, is sad is that sometimes when we cause our own problem, we hurt somebody else. Those sailors on that ship heading to Tarsus were seasoned sailors. This must have been an odd storm because they had been in many storms. I'm sure they, you know, water coming in, you know, and they didn't bother them a bit. But this one scared them. They were scared. I've never, if I saw a sailor, when I'm on an airplane, it starts having turbulence, I look at the attendant. Attendant's still handing out coke. Okay, it's fine. We're doing great. If I see the attendants look like a deer in the headlights, I'm going to get scared. <laughs> but these sailors were scared. The ship was going to break. And so what did they do? They start praying to their gods. And then they do something I thought was interesting is their livelihood. What they were going to get their paycheck from, they're throwing it in the water. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Because they were going to die. So not only did Jonah hurt himself and cause a problem, he made those poor sailors have a problem. Now they're going to go home with no salary that time because they had to throw it all out. So we have to be careful when we cause our own problem. So be, be very careful. Sarah caused her own problem, and it's a problem that's still going today. Sarah was, and Abraham was supposed to have the promise um, child that was going to lead a nation and of course she's about 74 and I'm thinking I don't want a baby at 74 and, but she thought I want where's that child at God so she decides to take Hagar her servant an Egyptian and have a child by him and it happened Abraham married her and everything and it wasn't even like a concubine and so she he has a child by her Ishmael now when Ishmael was about oh I think it was maybe 16 the promise comes. Sarah's 90 and Abraham's 100. <laughs> and they have that little baby, Isaac. Now, Ishmael was not the promise. Isaac was the promise. So Sarah now becomes jealous 
and she kicks them out. And they almost die out in the desert, in the wilderness, except God hears the cry of the boy. And God says, I will make a nation out of him. He did. It's the Arab nation. And to this day, the Arabs and the Jews constantly are fighting. They have the same dad. They both have Abraham, but they have different moms. And the mom makes you a Jew. And so Ishmael's not a Jew. And they fight continuously over there. I was in Israel years ago when Anthony was, I think, 10. And when I was there, they had a taxi bombing. It was, it was a little scary being there. You know, they have people with guns facing you. You know, they're on their shoulder. They're walking with these guns. They're protecting their little ones. They're, it's just a little scary place. And who really began all this was Sarah and Abraham. They began a fight. Rebecca, Sister Marshall talked about that last night. Rebecca encouraged her son to lie and to deceive. And that caused a problem. Because you know what? Jacob never saw his mom again. He was mama's favorite. He never saw his mom. She never got to see her grandson or her grandchildren or Jacob ever again. Because he had to go for many, many years. Now, God... Why don't you take away this problem? Well, sometimes God's teaching us something. Sometimes he wants our attitude to change, our discouragement, our depression, our misery, our emotions. He wants to teach us you can make it through this problem with the joy of the Lord. Sounds impossible, but you can if God is with you. We start complaining, why could you help me, God? Why did you cause me this? Why? <laughs> Be very careful. When Cain's face drooped with uh, uh, upset because God chose Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's, if Cain would have done it right, he would have been chosen too. He would have been accepted. But he didn't. And God says, why do you look so bad, Cain? Well, that made Cain probably even madder, and he went and he killed his brother. And God said, sin lies at your door. So be careful, ladies. When you have a problem that you don't allow all this anger and bitterness and depression and stuff come into your life because sin could, hide, could lie at your door, and you don't know what you'll do. And don't say, I will never do that. I will never. You don't know because you have allowed emotions to rule you over this problem instead of letting God rule you over this problem. There was a man I saw at the hospital. He had ALS, and I'll never forget him. I have some patients I will never forget. I can even walk in the halls of the old Rockland Memorial over there and tell you the exact rooms where some of them were. I'll never forget. And he had ALS, which is a Lou Gehrig's disease. It's where you lose your muscles from feet up. And he was already paralyzed, and it wasn't quite a year, up to his neck. He couldn't move at all. He had a trach, and he had a vent. Now, because he still had a little bit of neck muscle he could use, she, the nurse could take him off of his vent for a short time, plug it, and he could talk. So I was there as like a helping hands, and so she plugged his vent. And first thing he said, I'll never forget, and, and I can still see the face of this man. It was almost like a face of an angel. He had a smile as best he could, and he just had a glow about him, the glow of the Lord. This guy's dying. He can't even move, can't breathe hardly. And 
he had a glow. He had a problem that's worse than I've ever had, and he had a glow. And she took him off, and the very first words he said was, am I on the air? <laughs> and we were standing there, and his wife goes, you're on the air. And so he started talking to us a little bit, and then the nurse, in about a minute, I'm not kidding you, about a minute, the nurse says, all right, you guys, everybody get out. I'm going to let him talk to his wife now because he needs wife time. So we all left, and I thought, oh, it's going to be a bit. No, another minute passed, and we heard the machines going, his oxygen, beep, beep, beep. And another minute passed, and it's going, beep, 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 beep. She, three minutes he had. What could you say in three minutes? He can't write. He can't do anything. Three minutes he had to talk with us and then to his wife. How sad. And I asked the nurse, I said, how much longer does he have? She goes, well, he's almost up to his year, and he'll probably barely make it because it will go on up and up, and then the, the heart will stop. It's a muscle. But the sad thing with ALS is that your brain is not a muscle, and you still think perfectly but you can't move. It's sad. But when I looked at this man, I saw a glow about him. It was like he had a problem, but God was on his side. God said, it's okay. In a short time, you're going to be a minute here and a minute there. It's not going to be long. He had a glow about him. We want to get rid of our problems, but you might miss what God's trying to teach you, ladies, by getting rid of them. Keep them. Learn from them. Gain strength from them. I love that song, Blessings, that Laura song. And it says, what if trials of this life are mercies in disguise? Maybe God is trying to teach you something by your trials. God wants me to listen to him in that still, small voice while he teaches me something. The world's screaming at me. My trials, my troubles are screaming at me. But God's talking softly. Listen for him today. Listen for him. It says in the Bible, I love this scripture, that Paul, Paul had a problem. He called it a thorn in the flesh, whatever it might have been. Some people think it was his eyes. Some people think different things. You know, there's lots of questions I have when I get to heaven. Of course, now I'll have the mind of God, and I probably won't have any questions then. <laughs> I want to have questions. I want to sit down. I've always said this, you know, and get some popcorn and, watch home movies of the flood and the beginning of creation and ask God and see Paul. Paul, what was that thorn you had? You know, I just think it would be great. That's going to take me thousands of years just to get through all my questions. You know, I'm a lady. <laughs> and so, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to have motor mouth. And so, but Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. And he said it was Satan. Satan caused this. And he said he asked God three times. This is great apostle Paul. You think one God would probably answer it. No, he asked three times to get rid of this. And at the end of three times, he learned something. He said, God said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes weakness is the best thing because then you get the strength of God. When I can do everything like the little two-year-old says, I can do it. I did that one day, and I put my clothes all on practically backwards, and I come home, and I told my mom, I said, Mom, it was my underwear, unfortunately. I said, Mom, I said, something's wrong today. And she starts laughing. She said, see, you can't do everything yourself. But God wants us to learn that we can't do anything by ourselves. God needs to be with us. 
and helping us and teaching us. For he goes on to say that through all the things that God's doing to him, he said, when I am weak, then am I strong. I'm only strong in weakness. The joy comes not in seeing the problem go away, ladies. The joy comes in seeing God's power work in your life in the problem. That's the joy that, that was spoke up first. The joy is saying, oh, God, you're here. You're with me. You're helping me. You're giving me strength. What do you do when you get in a problem? First thing I think you should do is get your thoughts and your emotions under control. That's what I had to learn. I had to get it under control because it was like I was a water, you know, fountain just flowing. And 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity, bring it in, shut it up, lock it up, every thought to the obedience of God. Don't let your thoughts just run wild when you're in a problem because it will run wild. And pretty soon you've got other people involved in this problem. And they're having problems. Pretty soon, maybe sin lies at your door. Don't let your thoughts and emotions run wild. You have got to put them under obedience and submission. Then you need to fix your eyes upon Jesus, the name of our conference. When Peter was walking on the water, he was fine as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. You know, it's a thought that I'm walking on water, really? But then when he started thinking about it and he sees the troubles and the storm all around him, he sinks. And it says immediately. Now, I don't know if he was all the way up to Jesus, but somehow Jesus got there immediately. It says immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and pulled him up. But when he did that, I could imagine, again, my imagination, Peter looking up. He's got his eyes fixed on Jesus again. And Jesus pulls them up, and they walk back to the boat or the ship. And then Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Now, that's a word I looked up in the Greek, too. And it said, to fix the eyes away from other things and fix them on Jesus. you got to turn your eyes away from everything, including your problem, and put it on Jesus. Then you need to write down scriptures. That's part of what I gave you there. You need to find scriptures that apply to your problem. And you need to say them constantly. Like Sister Jet was saying, she's outside, you know, going, oh. you know, you're on the bike path. Be talking to yourself. You know, you could put in your little ear thing and act like you're talking on the phone. But, you know, I'm praying. <laughs> so you don't look so stupid. You know? But that's okay. I don't care what I look like to the world. So I go along and I have like little, a little card and I got a Bible verse. And I'm like, mm -hmm. While I'm walking, because I want that scripture in me. I want to know that I can look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I want that scripture in me. We are saved by the word of God. You've got to get the word in you. Now, whether you can memorize, that's not my strong suit, unfortunately. I wish I could, but I try. I try real hard. You know, I can at least say it in my own words, but... <laughs> But to memorize, it's hard. But I can keep quoting it, you know, all the time. I stick up, you know, stickies things. I even put them at my work. I don't care if people see them. I stick them around on the computer, you know. Sometimes there's times I need to read it at work. I need to read it in the bathroom. 
I need to read it wherever I'm at. I need to read the Word of God constantly. So don't be ashamed. Put them all over. Put them on your refrigerator, you know. Then you need to also write down what God has done for you in the past. Now, I don't see, like Sister Marshall says, don't, don't, you're not thinking about your past and going, oh, look what I did. No, no. I'm thinking about what God did for me in my past because that will help me. What did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord in 1 Samuel 36, and I think he thought about what God did for him. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I killed Goliath. If I can kill Goliath, I can do anything with God's help. So encourage yourself in the Lord by remembering, God did this for me. I remember when I was sick. I remember, and this is true, when I was a little girl, uh, the pastor of the church my parents went to, it, they didn't go all the time. My mom didn't. My mom was Episcopal until she got the Holy Ghost. And so but she never went to Episcopal church, but she was Episcopal. And so she would take me occasionally with my dad. My dad would be in and out of church, but he would be in church, and we would go with him. And then my mom would get a little scared and nervous, and the Holy Ghost get on her, and she wouldn't come again. And, and so I'm just going back and forth. You know? And so um, when I was a little girl, though, I got a fever. And guess who mom knew to call? She called the pastor. Pastor came over. And the pastor prayed for me. And if you ever, if you need to really get prayed for, you need a brother Castro pray for you. Because he prayed for you. I mean, your head's bobbing. You're about to fall on the floor. God, you know. I mean, he prayed for you. And so here's my mom <laughs> worrying about the Holy Ghost jumping on her. Okay. And she's holding me, and he's praying for me, and he's just... And I don't really remember it, but my mom told me about it. And, of course, Brother Castro always talked about it. And he was pr- and my fever was probably about 102 or 3. It was re- I know it was probably 3 or 4, I think, 103 or 4. And, and uh, I was hot. He said, you were so hot I could hardly keep my hand on you. And he said it wasn't while he was praying. He said all of a sudden I felt sweat under my hand. And he said pretty soon I could see sweat coming all over your face. And he said that fever broke. That's a testimony to me. God, you did it in the past. You can do it again. I'm no different then than now. In fact, now I got the Holy Ghost. You're going to do it for me now. So write those down. And then you should write a little, like, sometimes I like to write little sayings for me. And that's another thing I'm talking on the Bible. <laughs> I, I make a goal for myself, or I, I make a saying kind of. And I have one for this. I said, I will do I will do God's will today in spite of my problem. Okay? I might say that for a whole week. I will do God's will today in spite of my problem. Then I say, I will have the right attitude and keep my emotions in check. I won't let them run away. I will not let this problem rob me of my joy. Say that 20 times. I will not let this problem rob me of my joy. And then you can give a Bible verse. I will face my problem with the strength of God and do his will for my life today. And then I thought, and tomorrow I will do the same. Every day I'm going to say this. Every day I'm going to do this. It's going to be in my mind. Because Joshua 24 and 15 says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, this is my house, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. Choose. 
Choose is an action word, ladies. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to let it fall on me. Maybe it'll come over to me, splash on me. No, I choose today. When you wake up in the morning, you say, I choose to do what God wants me to today. I choose to have joy even though I have a problem because I'm going to learn something. God, teach me today through this problem what you want me to learn. Teach me, God. Make me a better person. Your problem will defeat you or develop you. It all depends on your response. Choose today. Thank you. In fact, let's pray. We have a couple minutes. I was waiting a couple minutes here. So we have a couple minutes, and let's pray. Uh, let's stand. Let's stand. We've been sitting. Let's do our, our head and shoulders, knees and toes. I can't do it either, Sister Chad. <laughs> Used to be a time I could touch my toes a lot better. Um, so let's, let's pray and ask God to help us to know that, hey, problems don't stop me. Because your problem is no problem because of God. So let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, that even though I might have problems today, I remember that you are a God that is great and big, and you did things in the past for Bible people, and you've done it for me and others. You'll do it again. God, I'm so thankful that my problem isn't any problem because you are with me. You are teaching me. You're giving me strength today. You're giving me more knowledge that I need. God, help me to not be in the mully grubs and just down and depressed over something that I can get joy through. Lord, give me that joy today. Give me a time that I know that you love me with all your heart and you will never leave me, never forsake me. You will be with me till the end of the world. And one minute I will be here and the next minute I'm going to be in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for your, your, you being there. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. In Jesus' name, amen.